is up oh. ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the kingdom as always my name is drums and i am joined by the brothers behind king golf regan and jordan headley and making his third appearance special guest host for the evening current member of the new york islanders our boy ryan Pollock. but before we get to our special guest as always we got to go up north first see what's going on with our boy reg reg how'd you make out in uh your bond spiel buddy well, it's Wednesday evening and I'm still licking my wounds. I uh, had two really early bedtimes on uh, Monday and Tuesday night. Uh, two very late slash early mornings, Friday, Saturday with Uncle Soup. So it was a fun bond spiel. We actually won our first game, which gave us probably the best draw in the whole bond spiel. We didn't have to curl till 2.30 on Saturday. So that was perfect. Gave the green light. I kind of wish we would have had to curl at 9, though. Would have made this week a little more enjoyable uh just to clarify for the people watching on youtube i'm not a texas rangers fan just watched the tiger woods hall of fame induction and needed something uh red and with a nike check on it so that's what i'm wearing beauty love it jor what's going on buddy i got red beers for tiger top of the evening to you folks uh as mentioned on the youtube version um they're all for the girls but this one is for the girls I want to give a quick shout out for Women's Appreciation Day, which is yesterday. I don't usually get too uh, excited about National Dog Day or National Cat Day and stuff, but it is important to honor the females in our life and the women. So mom and all the rest of the women out there, we love you. We thank you for everything. But other than that, uh, we got a good show tonight. We got Rip on. Um, third time, as Drum said, which probably makes him the... Between him and Patty Law, I think there's a little bit of a showdown for most attendance on the kingdom. But, uh, no, got a good show tonight. We got lots going on. We got Tiger. We got Aaron Cockrell finishing a T2 career best we got to talk about. And uh, just lots of good shit tonight. So I'll, I'll throw over to uh, Rip and then Drums, and then we'll start the show. Rip. Yeah. Hey, before uh, you start, before you start. Is that a chair you're sitting in or a bed? That's a bed. <laughs> is it a really big chair? Like <laughs> no, it's a bed. It's uh, it's quarter to ten, and I got a game tomorrow, so just hanging out. But uh, no, it's hey, we're good happy to be to back. Good to be back. Um, it's been a while. Uh, the rules with uh, me having to score sometimes <laughs> it takes a little longer to get on here than than maybe it should. But uh, here I am. Yeah, here you are. But you also had an injury to contend with, so that uh, that, that played true. a part in it. We should have gave you a bit of a medical exemption, but we didn't. <laughs> that could have been oh, your part-time uh, game while you were off. <laughs> yeah, he should have been. Drums, what's up in uh, in Brandon here, buddy? A couple blocks away. Uh, not much. It was nice on the weekend. We finally got to go out for the first time. Uh, boys came in from D-Town, so we got to uh, have a few drinks with them. Went to the ballet. That was uh, interesting. And then Saturday night, uh, me and the old lady, big adventure. We went out to movie. We saw the new Batman flick. Did you? Yeah. So it was nice. Uh, it was a nice weekend of getting out and doing things again. Finally. Okay. No change. And we got what? Are we I think got? I'm actually five days of masks, and then we're good. Yeah, I think so. Even that. What is it today? Tenth or ninth? Ninth. 
I think I'm going to become a big Batman fan, actually, after watching uh, Tiger's Daughter's oh, Hall of Fame speech. He goes to, goes to Comic-Con Comic dressed as Batman. <laughs> so I guess, I'm a, I guess I'm a big Batman guy now. I didn't even know it. But... All right, I'm a Batman guy now. I like Batman, yeah. I'm a big ba- Batman. <laughs> I got a Batman tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I am Batman. Uh, I was actually out on Saturday night, too, believe it or not. I uh, went to Original Joe's. But the, uh, the thing worth mentioning at this is I had a couple Caesars and then I had a big supper. Original Joe's actually have uh, shout out to Original Joe's too, but they actually have like your main dish and then you get two sides. So I had a plate of fries and a soup. And so I was kind of thirsty a little bit, or I just wanted another drink. Ended up getting a Guinness. Let me tell you, Guinnesses are not made for after beer or after supper. They're made for before supper i took me about an hour to get it down <laughs> holy shit he's a little heavy well two caesars Ooh. don't help either. yeah man. no i was stuffed and i tried jamming some guinness in there and it was not uh not what you're looking for <laughs> anyways uh reggie what do we got for housekeeping tonight we got lots eh or no yeah yeah definitely like you mentioned first and foremost uh our boy cockerel uh, t2 in kenya so he won the equivalent to 130,000 euros, which is equivalent to 182,000 oh, yeah. Canadian. How many rubles? So nice payday. And in oh, comparison, rubles? 30 million. In comparison <laughs> to his career, uh, this year he moved up to 142,000 euros, which is 5,000 more euros than he's made in any other year in Let's total. Go. And he's, and he's three events in. So I, it could be the start to uh, big things for uh, Cockrell. It's exciting. I mean, he it's unbelievable. Is, uh, he's now 351st in the world. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, that's unreal, eh? Wow. Because even he, in the induction, I mean, in Tiger's induction, there, like they mentioned when he kind of went on his cold streak there, that he wound up outside the top 1,000. And I was like, what? Cockrell's 350. That's insane. I mean, well, that's just going to be so good for his confidence, too. It's oh, like oh, huge. on the course, off the course, it just like allows you to grow so much. And it opened up uh, like I think he was having to debate which tournaments to play in just because of how many exemptions he has. It's, this yeah. just opened up the entire season for him. So huge congrats to our boy, AC. Rigo, do you know exactly how it's going to impact that kind of stuff, like his status and the exemptions and stuff? I know that this week he got in into the uh dp world tour based on that right. he's like a category i think it's category seven which means the top if you get in the top five the week before you get a, an exemption into this one so i don't think he was exempt in this one prior to that or if he was he's... he might have to burn one of his tournaments I, I don't exactly know how it all it's it's like the most confusing system in the world like it really is like george nfts yes exactly <laughs> he's keeping the He's keeping the people happy, though, showing them what they want. He usually sends out a, a picture or something basically every time he's playing in in uh, those places. So it's pretty cool. There's not a whole lot of pros that I have that I follow anyways that do that kind of stuff. So, You know what's the, the shits about that is in my tours on the weekend, I uh, I was actually awake and I saw that he was on hole eight. <laughs> <My> tours. <laughs> he was on hole eight, and I, so I, I – uh, <laughs> Went to the couch, made myself a little fort on the couch, and I was going to watch this whole round. And I actually recorded it knowing that I'd fall asleep soon. Um, 
but they actually had the European tour broken into two different time slots on the golf channel. So I only recorded the first one. So I didn't actually get to see where he made the run oh, into second. Oh, shit. So I was absolutely, oh my God, I got home on, or got up on Sunday and I'm like, yes, I can watch that round. No. Well, I mean, that's your own fault. Should have yeah. behaved a little bit more. But uh, my, uh, my question on this was because as soon as that happened, I mean, everybody in golf, especially in Canada, like a lot of people that we follow and, and even more specifically Manitoba, just all over it, right? Like AC would have be getting texts, getting uh, messages, getting DMs, getting mentions, everything. So my question to bring Rip into the show is like, because that wouldn't be a normal for, for Cockrell. Like it would be very hard, I think, to basically hear from nobody for a while. Like not nobody, but you know what I mean? Like overall nobody. And then all of a sudden something good happens and you get a thousand texts and calls and stuff like that. It'd be similar to Rip scoring a game winning goal or something like that. Or like, is it hard to, how do you find it to manage those kind of emotions where it's like very high and very low? And I mean, for you, it might be a little bit different being on a team sport, but you'd still feel the same kind of thing. Like how do you, you just shut off social media or what do you do with that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think you got to kind of enjoy those highs. Um, yes. When you are getting those messages, all that stuff, I mean, I think if you're the type of person that can, like, take that information in and, you know, obviously not get cocky, um, and I don't think he has it all, just use it as confidence and, I mean, bring joy to your game. And, I mean, that just makes you a better player, whether – whatever sport you're playing, I think it's all about confidence and, you know, the joy and just loving it. And I think for him, I mean, when, when you do get, I mean, you have that finish and you do have that more attention from those people that you don't always hear from. Um, I think if, as long as you just take it as a positive and like enjoy that moment, enjoy the moment and kind of build on that and, not worry about the, I guess you could say the negative side of it is right. when you're not doing well and you're not hearing from those people, just kind of ignore that and just enjoy it when you, when you do have those uh, high finishes. So don't take it for granted. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's, I think all professional sports, it's tough to win. It's tough to, you know, be at the top of your league or whatever you're playing. So when you get there and when you have that opportunity, I think you just got to take it all in and enjoy it all. And uh, one of the guys I follow or used to follow, a little, haven't as much lately, but um, Gary V is his name. He's pretty good shit. Uh, he's like kind of like a, I don't know if you guys know him or not, but he he's his thing with that is he just, he just closes his ears and doesn't listen to the good stuff or the bad stuff because he, he says it's really hard to listen to some and not others. And you know what I mean? So. Sure. I think it's probably different different for everybody too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think it's different. I mean, I know for myself, like obviously you get the, you get the hate tweets and the, you suck and, and this and that. (laughs) Is it weird to get that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just ignore it. Honestly, it's just like, whatever, like if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Right. Like, yeah it's it's not going to change my view of myself or my game or or anything it's like 
if if this makes you feel good about like tweeting this at me then like fine that's fine i can deal with it um but i think i think when you do have the positive messages um i mean yeah you you can't just like live off that but i think you can use it as like motivation to keep yourself going and you know keep building on what you're doing do you ever get the uh, tweets from the burner account to have like the uh, <laughs> negative, negative tweets? Those are probably the ones. Yeah. The is, it Ro- is it Rory yeah. Sobs? You suck. Yeah, that's me. Hang um, up. But uh, the touch, Cockerell did say when he was on here, remember he said a couple of times actually just that when, when things are going good, you hear from everybody. And when things aren't going so good, you don't hear from anyone. He, he, he did touch on that and just said it's it's crazy how people are like that. So, But I imagine, I mean, it's just crazy how every every basically golf account linked to Canada tweeted something that day right. in, in some shape or form, right? And like it's interviews, kind of cool. media would have been just hounding him for yeah. interviews, everything, yeah. Yeah. But he's already golfing again. He's back at it. So I don't think he he took too much time to soak it in. But that's the life of a guy trying to make it on tour. Anyways, um, what else you got, one, Reggie? Like across the pond. Holy shit! At the Arnold Palmer, man. That that was a sweet finish, actually. Scotty Scheffler, when they when he won at the waste management, they said the floodgates were going to open, and he is fucking good, man. Like those putts he made down the stretch. I think it was on fifteen and sixteen. 15 to save par and then 16 again to save par. Like, but the one on 15 was like a 25 footer and unreal. And then even to finish it on, on 18, like he hit, they said that shot that he hit on 18 out of the rough was the best spot he could have hit it to. Yeah. And then he hits a 69 foot putt to within a foot just to kick it in and win. Like what, what would, what would you guys do? You think in that, in that situation, a 69 footer for a two putt to win? Like I might hit it in the water. Yeah. It goes two feet. And I fall down. What would you do, Rip? <laughs> Close my eyes and hope. I don't know. <laughs> but to have that touch under that pressure, I don't know, man. That's yeah, it's insane. Just I think mean, about it. it really is. Sorry, go ahead. He's, he's got to just have like a three foot target, right? And just be like three Get or four there. feet that he's comfortable mm-hmm. with making the second putt and just being like, just visualizing finding a way to get his ball in that circle. He almost with made that. it. It's wild. But just think about this. So the most pressure-packed putt you've ever had, and then you think, like, oh, this is for big money. Like, I just think playing in tournaments, you can win, like, a 1000 bucks or something like that. Like, this putt is for $1.2 million from 70 feet, and he puts it to within a foot. Like, those guys are just so I, much I, different that people don't even realize it. I just don't think they think about the money, though, either, really. Really, I think it's, like... No, they're so dialed in. I think it's, like, winning and losing, and it's just, like... Right. I mean, obviously they build to that, right? Like when they're young, yeah, the money is like probably their first tournaments. Like they need it, right? Right. Once they're kind of there, they get that. And it's like, it's, I think they just get so comfortable in those situations that it's like, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, from my own experience, it's like I get more nervous watching sports. Like even if I don't really have a connection to the game, than I do playing in those moments. Right. Just like yeah, when you have sense. control and when you're under control and like you're, you're in that, you're just like, you're confident and you're just like, do your job. 
Yeah. Yeah, like once you get in the zone, like that's just noise that you're not even hearing, right? Yeah, it's just like just do your job. Scotty Chef, so gotta give it to the guy. And like a lot of big names shot a big numbers. Like there were Mm -hmm. high seventies. That last group on Sunday. Yeah, like that last group Rose, on Sunday. Rose was, was 76 on Sunday. 76, I think, both of them. Yeah. Is that and, not the uh, toughest course in the 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 circuit, they said, or something? It has to. Or up they there? had a playing tough, too. The par threes, right? The par threes, I saw something that were like. The average score, yeah. The average that's, score that's... is like minus 2,000, where it was like 900 or something. Yeah, I think it was. Um the first tournament in like a good number of years that finished below double digits for under par. That was sick to watch anyways. Like, cause, uh, Hovland or Hatton, no, it was Hovland. Hovland Hovland was at 10 under at one point. Yeah. And the winning score was five. I didn't know that. Well, there's a couple guys that were that high too. I like even Sunday when they got going, I think he was nine. Yeah. Uh, they, they just said I, I was watching just quickly this is the last thing on Scheffler um, well two things actually his 87 year old grandma walked all 18 holes Ooh. with him on Sunday which is not like Happy wow. Gilmore's grandma I won't be walking the same visuals. I think that lady's from <laughs> Dauphin too eh yeah Francis Bay yeah that's crazy did she die a couple years ago yeah, oh, yeah she has to be dead now because she was yeah, she ancient in the movie yeah but I think she did. It's wild. Actually. I think she was like, like ninety I, something I, when she died. I, I think that the store base is actually her yeah. family surname, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But What's uh, her name Francis Bay. Yeah. So they said that she's Bay. What made that win so good for Scheffler, and just proves that he's kind of got an all-around game. He hit five fairways on Sunday, and nine of eighteen greens. And still scrapped around it even to win the tournament. So on that course, not many guys can do that. Honestly, it, it, like so, lots of guys have to hit it perfect to win, right? Yeah. But the best players scraped around with not their best work and win tournaments. That's the reality of it. But that's enough for me. So on that, good shit. I think there are a couple yeah. of fellas here that uh, got to do some drinking. That'll be myself yeah. and Jor. Yeah. So are you got some housekeeping though first or no? I got lots of housekeeping, but um, <clears throat> I'm going to say some housekeeping just so I, don't, I can prolong this shotgun a little while. Well, I just want to get this over with. Yeah. Okay. Well, last week we were talking about the DP World Tour and the Red Shoe Diaries. I had an idea in the shower the other day. Oh, Red boy. Shoe Diaries. <laughs> Red Shoe Diaries should actually sponsor the DP World <laughs> Tour. I think that that would be the headline sponsor. I think that would be a good idea. You think they made enough money to sponsor a professional golf tournament? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Showcase the star, star was David DeCovey. Okay. I don't think he has money to but sponsor a tour. The backup plan for that was to sponsor the kingdom. So if we're uh, <laughs> if they're still in operation and you're listening to this, Red Shoe Diaries, because so far we've only had uh, – Spence Bros Pizza, and they're actually an unofficial sponsor. But uh, how do, I had Spence Bros tonight. I forgot to mention that in my uh, intro. You have oh, it. Mikel's got a drink now. He made a he made a kingdom drinking game the other day. He said every time 
Every one was every time Jor mentioned Spence Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. So the twist on the Spence Bros pizza is actually I get a Hawaiian pizza from them, and I put uh, I cook a chicken breast before, and then put chicken on there, and mom's jalapeno pickled jalapenos on there. So it's like a Hawaiian plus chicken plus it's unreal with some hot sauce on there. So. Mikel, there you go, buddy. Spence Bros will get another one. He also said every time I say I don't know, you have to drink it. I say it about 25 times per episode. So and I forget what he called okay. you Rob drums. <laughs> he said when Rob, Rob says this, <laughs> I didn't even correct him. You're giving away all Mikel's secrets. Okay. So this is our my third week uh shotgunning. So should we let's do picks first and then we'll get to shotgunning. Um as as a last place guy again this week, third week in a row, I'll go first. And uh, I'm going to go with... I don't think so. Why? I think I think the guest to always gets to go first, okay. yeah. You sure? I mean, I, I know George's not taking who I'm taking. Well, I'll just um, take him then. I'm going to go with JT. Ooh. See if he can uh, repeat. Actually, he was sitting behind was, the goat today. That was my pick. Like they're my pick. BFFs, eh? Yeah, they are. Actually. Yeah, they seem pretty close. He's growing on me a little bit, JT. Well, just because he's friends with Tiger, I, <laughs> I have to, I have to like accept that he's probably somewhat of a good person if Tiger likes him. So, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But still, in my mind, I don't really like him. But, anyways, so Rip goes uh, Justin Thomas. If Thomas finishes last. Rip has to come on again next week and shotgun a beer. Sure. Like last plate, like dead last or just Between last? Between the four, no, 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 no. four guys. Yeah. So even if JT misses the cut, but he's not last, we'll let Rip off the hook. We'll bend the rules for him. But if he makes the cut and finishes last between you guys, I have to do it. Oh, shotgun. he's still last. You still have to do it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Mid game. Is this a new rule or is this, this always the rule? No, this is always a rule. Actually, Doug gave me shit for changing the rules last week. He's like, yeah, you lose two in a row, and all of a sudden you don't have to shotgun anymore. I was like, I did two f- shots of whiskey. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Easy, more liquor than a Bud Light. Okay, so my pick is actually going to be um, somebody who I like, love. We talked about him a little bit last week, and Rigo actually picked him last week. I'm going Tommy Fleetwood, mostly because I'm in the basement here. Rigo's been making some good picks, so I'm just gonna piggyback off of his picks going forward <laughs> until I get out of the out of the cellar here. <laughs> so I got that's my new strategy. That's uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Okay, so um, no drums. Yeah, drums is up. Okay, I'm going with Tony. I said I would. Oh, he's bringing him back. While. Yeah, but uh, no, I got sucked in. I'm going Tony. It's got. It, it's got to be time. Let's go. Has he still never won a tourney? Like, yeah, I just haven't picked him. Yeah, yeah he is. Won. No, I'm, majors, going the, I'm going the big boy DJ. Ooh. Did you listen to him on Chicklets? No. Good or what? Good. I hadn't listened to it yet. Just thought I'd mention the whole. <laughs> I just think it's. I think it's still crazy, and whatever you guys can say. I'm repeating myself, but like he still just doesn't get talked about at all in terms of any kind of golf ever. It's absolutely bizarre to me. 
Like you would think during that Tiger Woods speech, like how many wins does he have? Like they interviewed Kepka for. Hey? Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like DJ's the man. I don't know. He just doesn't seem like he wants any of it. Yeah, they probably yeah. maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he does. I mean, if you marry Paulina Gretzky, I mean, you know something's coming along with that in terms of attention. So, whoa, I don't know. True. DJ, though, good pick, Rigo. We got four pretty good picks this week. Uh, we got no Seth Strakas or anything in this one, so it's going to be a barn burner, I think. If I'd have to do four in a row, I'm taking a week off of the show. So, <laughs> pray for Tommy. Okay, drums, let's do this, buddy. Pray for Tommy to miss the cut. <laughs> Just kidding. This might not even be a sh- full shot here. What are you drinking, drums? This is uh, the cinnamon whiskey. Mom, what do you baby. call that? Fireball. Fireball. Sorry to uh, any of Rip's fans out there who might be watching this. Uh, Rip does not approve of this. We didn't tell him that we were doing this, so the cancel culture can leave him alone. Hey, drums. All right. Cheers, buddy. Ah. Looks, looks like you've had a lot of practice of that. Oh, that was better than the whiskey for sure. Without a doubt. How's your boys? Nice work. Hey, well, what do we got next, babies? Miguel Angel Jimenez has won two of four events on the Champions Tour this year. Like, what is two going four. on? Yes, Kevin, he's won two and Bernard Longer. And, and Bernie won one Killing and the it. Goose won one. Yeah. Wow. That's actually somebody uh sent a tweet to us yesterday saying that he was the coolest yeah. guy in golf. He might be. Yeah. I mean, probably not too far off in reality. Like <laughs> he's just warm up routine a, that makes him cool. Just <laughs> just that. With the he doesn't get a whole lot of uh mainstream Wiggles. love, that's for sure. But, but if he yeah. was if he was American, he would. Yeah. I think. Yeah, but if he was American, actually, he wouldn't be that eccentric. True. Uh, Jim Furyk actually got a surprising amount of votes on that poll. He was uh, he was shut out for quite a while, but I guess Regal must have created a few different accounts and voted for him. Or Rob. <laughs> or Rob, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rip, who do you think is the coolest guy in golf? Let's go with golf. Other than Tiger. Ooh, yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot, but that's what podcasts are about. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if like, I mean, if if you're looking at like John Daly or something like that, like guy's just outrageous. Like, I can't believe yeah. that name didn't even get brought up. Like he, he just does what he wants. He he doesn't really care what people think, and he just like he's just himself, and like that's the way he is. He's got an album yeah, dropping right away too. I see. Yeah, like he he plays music. <laughs> like he's, I don't know. Sauce is hard. It's actually unreal. Smoke's hard. It's just too bad he's not going to live that long. Well, I mean, yeah. he hasn't killed him yet. Well, but, he's got uh, cancer. It's, uh, it's working on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's working on it. That'll be a sad day. <clears throat> um, actually, two things. 
his song hit it hard is actually a tune like that's a good song yeah and uh did you guys see won't get political on here here we go but did you guys see uh trump called j uh yeah. they were talking to jd yeah so who um, did and solani yeah who did he call? yes Who's patch he? patch sent that to me and he's like look who handed him the phone and it was timu what there's Timu and John Daly hanging out. So who did Big T call? Did he call Timu or did he call John Daly? I don't know. That was such a cool video, though, man. I was so pumped to see that. I didn't, I didn't yeah, see that. You didn't see that? It was on Zyre. Yeah. He was talking about uh, Putin and Xi, and Trump said that none of this would be happening. I mean, he, he said that a couple times, a couple hundred times. He said none of this would be happening if I was president, but... Yeah, I didn't notice. I watched the I watched the video a couple times, and I didn't notice that uh, Timu was in it. He's kind of hidden in the back, and it's it's kind of hard to tell that it's actually him. But Timu's hanging out with John Daly. That's, that's, that's unreal too. <laughs> and why is Trump know. calling Timu? Like, there's so many questions, Mark. And where yeah. was Tiger? Because Tiger's good buddies with those guys. He's uh, bros with Trump. But anyways. maybe <laughs> maybe Mikel will start. Uh, he can add to his bingo game. Me saying, but anyways, because I feel like I say that quite a bit. Something I'm working anyways. on. Anyways. But anyways. <clears throat> okay. Tonight was uh, Tiger Woods' induction into the – was it the World Golf Hall of Fame? Is that what it was? Yeah. So pretty big night. Rigo is rocking the red for it. Uh, I, was, I was drinking a couple chiladas in honor of Tiger. Tiger's probably the reason that we're all golfers, I would say. Me for sure. Yep. I can't speak for you guys, but I'm sure you guys feel the same. And uh, so we decided that tonight uh, with Rip on the show, we we're all going to kind of go through our top uh, Tiger Woods moments. And they are plentiful. Holy shit skis. I was kind of looking into it a little bit. There's hours of footage of Tiger's shots right. and moments. And it's like, oh, my God, man, we're going to miss this guy. But anyways, he's still here, so... Uh, who wants to go first? Rigo, I'm sure you got a good one. So you start first. Actually, I, I think I found mine today and <laughs> I shared it on my Instagram story. Did oh, you guys yeah. see that video? That. Is that from TPC? 94 in the amateur at TPC and he's wearing <laughs> a straw hat and he hits it to the fringe and makes the putt. And absolutely, like, runs around the green after he makes the pod because he was tied oh, to the lead at that time. Yeah, he was electric as a young guy. Oh, my God. But uh, that, that was just today. But my actual favorite was when he was um, – I don't know whether it was at the Tour Championship or the Masters when he walked across that uh, – you know, like, to go to the scores tent and he had to walk across that kind of that was a type Tour deal Championship. Tour Championship. And they panned the camera back and, like, looked out at the crowd. And the crowd was just going absolutely bonkers at him walking across there. Like, he just won. And it was like, oh, the and catwalk. That's when they that's all followed him off the fairway, too, right? Up, up yeah. 18, right? Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. He said he was trying so hard not to cry when that happened, hey? For sure. And they followed him up 18. But, yeah, that was my – it was just kind of like, holy shit. Like, there's just like a thousand – thousands of people just standing there just going absolutely bonkers that he just won. Has that ever happened but, before? Like, since the 40s or, like – I feel like it would have had to happen back when everything, 
all hell would break loose in every sporting event ever. Like, did you see that video? Had players hitting guys with shoes in the crowd and shit like that. <laughs> did you see that video? Yeah. That was, did you see a video that was going around where uh, it was the end of a tournament and the guy putted it from four feet and like five guys came to dive into the hole to grab the ball. Like what? They used to try to get the winner's ball. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Could you imagine them doing that at the Phoenix, <laughs> and just a bunch of loser pissed guys trying to grab a ball? Just be a was this, the, was this the first year that they threw shit on the greens there at no. the waste management? The whole no. month. The whole no. month. No. Yeah. No. I don't no. think so. God no. I, I mean, know, that's I why Tiger doesn't go back there because shit. Yeah. Because they threw a banana at him. Yeah. <laughs> little aggressive but a little uh, bit. okay drums who you got buddy or what okay. do you got i mean not who so mine is at the 2000 canadian open oh you dog Did you, you got wanted, mine too oh, damn it good oh. i wanted to get in before somebody got it uh so he's looking to become the first golfer since lee trevino to win the triple crown the u.s the british and the canadian open all in the same year right down to the last hole 18th needs birdie to win it tee shot ends up in the fairway bunker right hand side of the fairway blocked is his view to the green i i think he could see the left part of the green but he couldn't see the pin anyways it's all bush in front of him the sand's wet he hits a six iron from 218 yards like it looked like you we we couldn't from the footage of the what do you call it? Telecast. Um, you couldn't, they didn't actually show where the ball landed because nobody actually knew where the hell this ball was. Was it, was, it dark or something? It was or getting, what? it was getting dusk yeah. and everybody thought he mailed this wicked right. And then all of a sudden it landed just in front of the pin rolls just off uh, onto the fringe leading to a two putt birdie and the victory. I remember, you know- I remember watching it in my living room. And uh, with uh, in Shoal Lake with Ian McMullen, do you guys remember him? Yeah. And then and Shane. Right from there, we were like, "Okay, we're going golfing." And uh, like in Shoal Lake, there was the two creeks or the two lakes, or there was like the the city creek or the town <laughs> creek, and then the lake, and then there was like the, the the bridgeway across. And we would just go from my backyard in the golf cart. We could take the ridgeway across right to the golf course. So we just hop in the cart. Like right after that putt boom so that one's always going to live in my memory it seemed like that ball was hanging over the water for like an hour forever didn't it like yeah what tiger might be the only guy that would actually try that shot it was like a it was like a cut draw too because he had to cut it around the, the trees and then everybody said like it drew into the to the pin and the the craziest thing about that was when you when they show it from behind the hole you can see that the wind's actually blowing, like the wind was helping him. Right. So he could have easily airmailed that into the water or even the sand, and then he's looking at a bunker shot coming back with the water right behind him. Yeah, and it's like, like a tiny portion oh. where the where the pin was on that green. Like, it's just tiny. Nobody Incredible. else. And, like, we never saw any times like that where Tiger tried something like that and failed. You know? No, like he was that was what Tiger was. He was good in those moments, like super the most clutch person that I've ever seen in any sport, probably. 
but he just showed up for those moments and that's what made him who he is. And so it was just like, Oh man. And it was in Canada too. Like how cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. So that was mine drums, but I'm, I'm glad. Sorry, because, uh, <laughs> no, that's okay. You did a good job explaining it. So I'll try to maybe come up with something in the next 10 seconds here, but rip what's your all time uh, tiger um, moment. Yeah, Reg kind of took mine a little bit too. Uh, just with with in 2018, I think partially for me because like I don't know, I've gotten a lot more into golf in the last five to eight years, um, and I think before that, like obviously everyone knew who Tiger was, but I think when I was like really watching golf, a lot of those years he wasn't really, you know, he he wasn't like truly Tiger. Um, like what years would that have been like eight, nine, 2009 to like 14, those years ish. Yeah. Like you're even after that, I would say like 14 to 18, he was kind of non-existent. Yeah. Yeah, Like kind of in there is when like, I don't know, social media was bigger. So you see more stuff. And like when I was like really kind of more into golf. So yeah, I never really got to really follow him truly like, you know, in his in his years mm-hmm. um but i think just like you know following him and what he'd been through and then like when he was walking up 18 um and like thousands and thousands of people were just like swarming him i think like i i just remember watching that and having like chills like crazy just like this is this is nuts like this is, right this now, is, yeah. this is <laughs> crazy like you, you might never see, like, a moment like this again. No. Probably in golf you won't, honestly. I, I, I can't see anything really living up to that. In our lifetime anyways, right? I don't think you ever will. There'll never be well, somebody to, like, where there were, like, all that shit that compounded on everything yeah. to get to that. Yeah. Like, that's not going to happen. There was, a, there was a lot that went into it, you know. He had been through a lot. He had struggled a lot, and then, like just all the back surgery like yeah it's just and every every uh expert in the world wrote him off said he'd never win again yeah uh whoops over and over and over again yeah i mean that one's so hard to top there's there's just so many moments and yeah i mean rip probably because you as a as a kid i mean you were obviously hockey right you were all hockey and even in the summer probably too right yeah, it was baseball a lot of hockey and baseball in the summer. So, like, as a kid, I never really played much golf. Maybe, like, up until I was, like, say, 14, I bet you I'd be lucky if I played five rounds of golf. That's wild. Because, I mean, we it was, used to, it was we used just, to play nine per day. It was just, it was baseball or hockey, like, yeah. every weekend or, like, every. It's hard enough to play, like, especially at your competitive level of hockey. And did you play much summer hockey or not really? Quite a bit. Like Probably as you got a little bit older, amount. eh? Yeah, even even younger. Um, basically, all summer, every weekend was either a hockey tournament or a baseball tournament. Yeah. And it's super hard to mix baseball and golf. I mean, that's probably why I, I quit playing baseball because I, it's just yeah. two different swings. One swinging up, one swinging down. But guys managed to do it. I mean, Donaldson's a pretty damn good golfer and uh, one hell of a baseball player too, but he's a little bit different. He's built a little bit different than me. So 
little bit. A um, little bit. Um, so I think that uh, I'm going to have to go with the first one that came to mind was that one where he chipped it at the Masters and it came all the way down and like the, the oh, Nike five. ball. Like that was just like a Hollywood script. That could even better than a Hollywood script. Man, was it on 15 at the Masters? Yeah. 16. 16. 16 because he but, had a long. But you guys were talking about the Tour Championship there. And uh, honestly, one, one of my favorite and the only – time that I actually remember where I was and what was happening was when Tiger won the Masters and was it 2019 and uh I was watching it here by myself on Sunday morning and I I was like shotgunning beers and like drinking beers and like on a Sunday morning by myself I was, I was just Caesars, so happy that he was in uh I was so happy that he was in contention and as as the day progressed and when Molinari, I think, hit it in the water there, I think that was kind of the turning point of it. Twelve. Yeah. And it got real. It got real as soon as that happened. Because he, I mean, we knew he was going to have a day, but I had no idea that he was going to win. And to yeah. see, um, you know, I was watching some clips of it today, and you know, he he was when Earl was there, and he got to hug Earl, and then after the the he tapped in that putt, and you could tell how much it meant to him and how much it you know when he got to hug charlie and oh i think i was in tears when it happened and i almost got uh emotional there so it's just like i don't know after, like like rip said and uh and rigo too after everything that he went through in the last 10 years is just like storybook there's you can't write a better script than tiger woods's life as with the bad there was uh just as much good and, and times a thousand i'd say so yeah kind of when you when you hear that hall of fame speech today and you hear all the good stuff and like all the all the millions of dollars he's donated and all the millions of lives he's really changed. Like it's kind of crazy. And oh, I mean, man. yeah, this, I think I'm gonna have to turn up the heat in the uh, basement. I've had chills for the last five minutes. It might be getting pretty cold down here, but yeah, he's just, uh, we could, we could honestly probably talk for 10 hours about him. So yeah, for sure. So like, many moments, man. It's unbelievable. We're reminiscing about him. Like he passed away uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and he's still going to golf right away. Yeah. Like, he looked good walking in today. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Walking really in, good. he looked good. Oh, my God. He looked pimp, man. Shorts. Was he in shorts? Like, backwards no hat. Like, Let's go. But, like, he had, like, the Under Armour shirt on, backwards yeah. hat, Look, the shades Looked on. like he was walking into the course on, like, yeah. Sunday morning. He was ready to rock. Oh, and he'll as, be there soon. As soon as I saw that clip of him walking in, you know who I thought of? Uncle Doug. Like yeah. if Uncle Doug gets inducted into like some sort of Hall of Fame, like he's showing yeah. up backwards hat, like uh, Under Armour shirt, and like that's uh, who he's wearing at the Iron Man, like the exact same outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and Honestly. by the way, congrats to Uncle Doug, Coach of the Year in the MJ. Mm. I don't know what number that is, yeah, but uh, it's got to be at least a two or three. Because last yeah, time he got Coach of the Year with OCN, and he got fired after that. Yeah. So let's he, he texted me and said that, that uh, he said he wants one thing from the MJHL and that's not it. So, yeah. Hopefully True. this well, is hopefully, the year. Hopefully he gets it. Yeah. Four games left till playoffs start. So exciting times around here. Okay. Well, I mean, it's hard to really follow that up because uh, that was a pretty good 10 minutes of my life. They're talking about Tiger. Um, what else are we got to talk about? Rip, what's been going on in, uh, in NYC? You're back playing. Um, how's life in the, in the city? Like, uh, 
what's what's happening in NYC? Tell us about it. Give us a quick overview. Uh, it's been good. Um, obviously, yeah, I, I had a long two and a half months off. Um, what what did your days look like then? Was it lots of rehab or what? Yeah, I mean, off the start, I mean, it wasn't much I could do, but um, there was a lot of just like soft tissue work, and then and then just like. I don't know, arm bike and trying to stay in shape a little bit. And then I would go to all the games and we started on the road first 13 games of the year. So um, I'll start. once we got th- through that, um, we had so many home games. So when I was hurt, we were playing at home like every second day pretty much, which uh, obviously we opened up a new building um, here, which is uh, beautiful um, right from dress room to throughout. It's uh, pretty spectacular. So that was a little frustrating not being part of that. And then, you know, we, we went through some rough patches with COVID basically had everyone on our team out with COVID. And, but, um, so I was at the rink a lot, just, you got to, it too, eh? Eventually. Yeah. Not till a little later, but, um, trying to kill my days, be around the guys, hang out, just yeah. mentally, keep your spirits mentally, up mentally still be a part of it because it can be hard a little bit when you're just away. You don't really feel like you, you're part of anything and it's mm-hmm. kind of can be tough. So, but um, no, it's been good to be back. It's, it's been a, it's been a bit of a tough year for us, but um, just never know what could happen this year. Still lots of hockey to be played. You know, like the, you said the, the nice new rink, like it's a, it's obviously a sick rink. It's unfortunate, I guess, that the timing of everything, probably for you guys, because I mean, you, you kind of sacrifice. I mean, thirteen games to start on the road is kind of, I mean, yeah. it's going to be tough <laughs> on any team. And then you add in the injuries you guys had and the COVID and the, I mean, it was kind of just a recipe for disaster. And people are calling for Trotz's head, and people are saying that the Islanders are shit. And it's like, those are the people that have literally opened up their score app every morning and checked the score in the game last night and didn't pay Watch attention it. who played. No, nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you guys, any team that went through the shit that you guys went through for the first two months of the year, I mean, they'd probably be close to, if not worse than you guys were at the time. I felt yeah, like it, it was tough. I mean, we were pretty much around 500 um, coming home off of that road trip. I think maybe a game or two under. Um, I got hurt on the second last, second last game. And then I think uh, that same game or the, the next game is when the COVID kind of started hitting us. And then, you know, at one point we had like, I think with injuries and COVID, we had like nine or 10 of a regular, like starting lineup out. So, I mean, it's a completely different team and, and we don't, and that's also when like quarantines were like 10 days. So we dealt with that for a while and it just kind of continued to snowball. We get guys back and then, guys would go down and so it, it was tough and, and I know other teams did deal with it um I think ours was a little bit different but a lot of teams did deal with it but um no I mean it, it's it is what it is you can't dwell on it now any I mean for us it's uh just got to kind of focus one day at a time for us and you know and try to win every night and still like still have like 30 some games so yeah I mean Really? You, you, don't, you don't something like that, I think. Like yeah, are they jammed 30-ish. up or why is there still so many? 
Well, I mean, like yeah, a lot I mean, got rescheduled because of COVID restrictions. Yeah, 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 like, right. We, ha- we have like, like that, seven. Yeah. Yeah, you guys got 29 games left. 17 or 19 games this month. Something crazy. Holy Shinsky. Uh, actually, yeah. <clears throat> on the arena, a couple episodes ago, you might have seen. Uh, I know you watch the show now and then, especially when you're injured. But uh, Rigo was talking about the new stadium in where, Rigo? Vegas? LA. 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 With the roof and uh, how they can fly over and watch the game. So what's like the coolest? We know with all the technology and shit that they have, and it just seems to be getting crazier by the day. But what's some cool features about the new rink that they have in there? Like from a from a player's perspective and then a fan's perspective as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's necessarily anything that isn't in some of the other new buildings. But um, I think just um, some of the stuff that they can do on the ice with the, the light show and like the pictures on the ice and, and stuff like that before games, I think uh, just the quality and the high tech of it all. Um, and I mean, just, I mean, throughout our dress room, obviously they just did a good job and it's just nice. And, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to, you know, have this place because I mean, I, I went through it a little bit, but, I know like the organization here and some of the guys that were here before me, it was a bit of a gong show for a while where they were nice. at the Coliseum. They got moved to Brooklyn. It wasn't going well. I mean, there's talk of relocating or what they were going to do. And I think the organization was not in a great spot. And um, I think just with, you know, the new owners coming in and finding a way to, get it done and get this building. And obviously it's been talked about for three, four years and to finally have it done and be in there. Um, And there's a lot of work to be done in the area. They're building hotels they're building restaurants. Um, It's right at Belmont racetrack. So it's, it's going to be like quite the, quite the area um, when they're done. And obviously they're years away, but just the building itself. And I haven't gotten to walk around the full concourse and stuff, but I think just some of the, I think there's like some more high tech um, stuff with the food and the vending and making everything um, easier and more efficient. And I, I know the fans used to complain about like bathrooms, like lineups for bathrooms at the old arena. And I think it has like, I don't know the number, but like a, way more than the average arena for bathrooms. So it's just like <laughs> that's an underrated quality. They put a lot of details into making everything more fluid and efficient for you know the fans, the viewers, yeah. and for concerts and for anything that's going on there. So it's, I mean, I mean, I mean you guys have gone to games before and different places, and when it's packed and you're waiting in line and you miss half a period because you're trying to go to the bath, trying to do this. I mean, it can yeah. be kind of frustrating to be a part of that when you pay, you know, so much yeah, to watch 100%. a game or watch an event. So if you can make that a little smoother and make people more comfortable throughout the show, people are going to want to come back, you know. When you guys yeah, have just... all, a bunch of guys out and you've got to get uh, guys up from Bridgeport or the AHL, what happens to their spot? Like, is it – does East Coast then move up? Like, is it like a full – organizational yeah. shift up there there definitely was a lot of movement while we were going through it and i mean usually i don't know on numbers but i mean 
just when I was in the American League, there's always like, you know, there's always four or five extra guys usually, I believe. Um, so between that and just get bringing guys up from the coast to the American League and American League up to the NHL. Um, obviously, it's not a great situation, but it for some guys, it gives guys and you know another opportunity to showcase themselves, get into the NHL, play their first NHL game. So, in a way, it's special for some of those guys. Like Aho's totally. been playing good, and he might yeah, not have got no, that look otherwise, right? So for sure, and there's a few guys that uh, you know. I mean, if you look at our team over the last three or four years, we've uh, been pretty healthy, minus you know one or two things. So. Some of the prospects or kids, I mean, I was in the situation where you're just like scratching and clawing for an opportunity. And in the past few years, those opportunities haven't really been available to guys because we have stayed pretty healthy. So gives guys an opportunity for, you know, not only just for us, but, you know, to really make something out of their career and, you know, get a chance at the NHL, which is special for those guys. Okay, the question on everybody's mind. Pellick got the hardest shot in the All-Star game. Or no, what was he, 104 or something? Yeah, 102. Was it 102? I don't think he got the hardest shot. Kevin got 104? Yeah, I think Kevin got the hardest, but he was like, he was over 100. Yeah, he was over 100. First question is, are those rigged? Second question (laughs) is, whose shot is harder, yours or his? He won't listen to the show ever, so you can. Say <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We uh, we 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 uh, we joked around quite a bit because, uh, I mean, going into it, um, obviously, playing with Zidane Chara this year and him, uh, you know, breaking that gun every year um, for many years. Um, yeah. You no, know, he was giving Pelly tips, and and <laughs> and Pelly's never been like known to have a hard shot, and I, I don't know um, that the guns, but I mean, he he's just that hasn't been his strength. Um, <laughs> right. He had gone through some injuries with his wrist and stuff, whatnot, but um, Big Z was giving some tips on uh, how to be more successful, so. Maybe maybe that was the key. Maybe uh, Big Z helped him out. How cool is it to have him on your team? Like that's is there any is there any that's weirdness there? Because I remember a few years back, like people were talking about how he would like crush uh, Diet Cokes or Diet Pepsi's on the bench. Like, is there a real is that a real thing or no? Big Z. Um, who was that? Younger, I never heard maybe? that. I would o- think Phil. Obi does maybe? a little bit. Obi does. Obi does. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've had my fair share of coke on the bench before. Um, I have a bottle of coke on the bench. Cola, actually. Um, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I, coke I or so. like diet coke or cocaine. Regular coke. Reg- <laughs> regular, regular cocaine. Cola. Regular coke. Um, I don't know. It's just like sometimes late in the game when you're like kind of drained, just that sugar rushes. Yeah, know, yeah. Five minutes left, whatever. Um, but yeah. And, yeah. and back to Z, I mean, no, he, he's just like, I just feel like everything you hear throughout the media and past players playing with him and whatever people, however people talk about him, you know, his leadership, his like work ethic, his dedication, like mm-hmm. it, it's accurate, you know, it's just like 
every room he walks into, he just like, there's just something about him. And he, he's just like, he, he's maybe one of the like kindest men I've played with when it comes to, you know, just he, making sure everyone's okay offering to help the trainers offering to help the equipment staff. Like he's just, he's just like a professional and he's like always working. And I mean, the guy's, you know, in his forties and he's showing up every day and like, he's in the gym, he's in the cool tub. He's like, how old is he? It's two. I thought 44. Oh, wow. I thought 44. Could be too. Like Reggie. I think he's, he's we... the oldest, He's the oldest professional athlete, or maybe outside of golf. We need uh, we need one of those guys like Rogan Show where he has like a fact checker on. Him. <laughs> he's actually he's actually turning forty five next week. What? On the, on the Holy shit, skis! And I like, think he just like got it's... the most games played by a defenseman. Yeah, the couple of games ago, yeah. a few games back, he uh, set the record um, most games by. NHL defenseman. And it's like 1,700, I mean, isn't it? Yeah, 1,650-some. Like, the way he's played and how big he is, like, the longevity of that guy, it's incredible. It's incredible. And then, like, just the stories. I mean, the guy took a shot off the face in the playoffs, broke his jaw, and, like, sat on the bench the rest of the game and then played the next night, you know? Insane. Like, impressive. What he's what he's gone through, and, and I mean, like even this year, I mean, the guy probably has three or three or four fighting majors. Like he he like he still shows up every night, you know, with just like that that fire and that intensity, and like those eyes cares so much, and yeah, he just like he wants to win, and like it's pretty it's pretty um, special to see and you know be a part of. Um, yeah, absolutely. Didn't he fight in the too game? Many guys like him, I don't think that's for sure. He fought in the yeah. game when he broke the record, right? Yeah, yeah he did. So uh, he's he's basically got to have like an on-off switch. Then, if you're talking about how nice he is to the boys and around the staff and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden he's scrapping guys at age 44. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of guys are like that, though. Like, you know, when when they get on the ice and you know they're so competitive and you know, that fire inside and it's just like, they're like completely different people, you know, they just. Oh, for sure. And I mean, there's a reason that they're at that level because not a lot of people have that inside of them. For sure. A lot of people for have sure. like rage and stuff inside of them and they will but fight it comes out at the wrong times. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then you see them in the media and this and that, and it's not a good situation, but. He's played sixteen hundred and fifty three games. That's wow. He's a he's a career plus two ninety six, and he's got two thousand seventy three I mean, games. The, the guy the guy played thirty five minutes a night consistently. That's wild. Thirty five like yeah. every night for eighteen years probably. More. Well, I guess More how long has he been leaving? Ninety eight ish. He came he came in in ninety six ninety seven. Came in, in over twenty five years. That's wild. Well, if he's 44, he probably started when he was 20, right? Or 19? He's uh, He got he drafted in, in 96. He was in the NHL, like, um, before, like, three guys on our team were born. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's amazing. Yeah. It's actually very impressive. And, like, he wasn't a good player. Or, like, I shouldn't say a good player. In like junior, he was just a mutant. Like he was massive. So like they had Scotty to somebody him. had to pick him. 
Scotty Fogg. Scotty McCollum. Scotty McCollum. I mean, the, I, I guess the cool story is right. <laughs> like the the Islanders drafted him. Right. Yeah. And so full circle. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Is he going to retire there? Probably. Think. Is he talking about it? I, I, I don't know. I, was, I honestly don't know. He's like, on the trade I, bait uh, list. I, I honestly is he? would. It would not surprise me if he plays again. It's got to be a. Is it a? Can it be a little tense time of year leading up to the trade deadline? If there's some UFAs, you guys are borderline. We're in a different right. We're in a different situation. We're in a different situation that we've been in the past. Right. Um, I think if you look at our last two or three years, um, it was You're pretty obvious guys up. that yeah. we weren't really getting rid of any guys. So who knows, right? Um, what can happen? Uh, hey, Rip, I have no idea. But it, it, guys, you know, some guys are in different situations, and I'm sure they feel, think about things differently, and who knows, right? I don't mean to ask about other players, but he played against McCarr the other night. He had two goals. He's got 20 on the year. Like, I know you probably don't want to pump his tires, but he's disgusting. Why? Well, I used yeah, to ask he, Rip for uh, I used to ask Rip for advice all the time when I was buying hockey cards. I was asking him for his uh, <laughs> <laughs> insiders, guys to watch. No, he he's. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. He, he he's just so dynamic, and and he he's different compared to other D men. And I also think they play a little differently than a lot of teams in terms of like, I mean, he he's backdoor all the time. Like his one goal against us, like a backdoor tap in, like and it's tough to defend. I mean, forwards aren't wingers aren't used to. You know, D-man, I think, being that, that active. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's, his vision is he's, – he's playing with good players. I mean, you know, a lot of times that McKinnon and that line's on the ice, they're on the ice, him and Taves. Um, but he, he's definitely a very special player, and, and he's young. I mean, he's – is he 21? Yeah. Um, like he's 21. Gonna, no. I don't even know if he's that old. If, is he that old? 20? He'd be that old for sure. Yeah. No. Oh shit. I thought he was like 25. No. No, no. Like we good. That's a he's years got a long career ahead of him. Yeah. Um do you guys got any more questions? Because we'll uh we're I think we're just over an hour here, so I got a couple to wrap up here with Rip. But do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Okay, cool. So Rip, big city Rip. Although you're not really in the big city, right? No, it's it's a lot different. It's um, yeah. pretty neighbor neighborhoods, and it's actually very beautiful out here on the island where we are. You got a lot of Guidos and uh, mobsters out there. <laughs> I'm Tenet sure there are. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there are. I mean, that's more Jersey Shore, but sure. <laughs> he's twenty. He's okay. twenty-three, by the way. 23. Is he twenty-three? Yeah, I figured he was older than 21. Um, so I think we kind of – we danced around this a little bit on the last time you were on the episode. But, uh, I mean, you grew up in Grandview, Manitoba. T- population probably, what, 500? What's the population yeah, of Grandview? I think, it's, I think it's like eight. Yeah. Uh, fact check. It eight says 
It says on NHL.com he's from Dawson, so. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a false fact check. <laughs> Fake news. He was um, born in the Dolphin Hospital. <laughs> so, I mean, just from hanging out with you over the years and, and, and uh, I mean, being buddies with you and stuff, we know that you haven't changed uh, a lot, if any, but, like, how, how much different is life? And, like, because when Rip was – or not uh, Rip, when Rubes was living in New York, man, he would have all, like, the – he'd tell – like, he told us about Snapchat. He would have all, like, the – he was the first to know stuff in New York City. So my question is like, what what is happening in NYC that we're is not happening in Manitoba yet? Is there any like uh, secrets you can give away for the fans and like that we can get in early on as like seed round investing maybe? I don't think so. I think uh, no. social media. I think social media has like allowed it open. everyone yeah. everywhere to to know what's going on. I mean, I think you look. 10 i mean just the way social media has come in the last 10 years or more yeah you, you, everyone knows what's going on everywhere like as Literally. soon as it happens pretty much so i mean it's it's just a little bigger scale here i guess if if you look at uh, new york city life but um i think the coolest thing about living here and living in new york and having access to the city is like just like the restaurants and the, I mean, there's obviously a nightlife and bars and sports bars and speakeasies and whatever you might Wait, be what? into. What the um, hell is a speakeasy? Oh boy. You know what a speakeasy <laughs> is. No From Manitoba. No, I don't. What is it? We'll I mean, a lot of times they're like hidden. They're like hidden it's like bars. A hidden bar. so like you go into a Oh, I've never heard store. that term before. So a speakeasy was created in the 1920s store. when the when prohibition existed. So like you would walk into a ice cream shop, but and it wouldn't, back door to it wouldn't actually be fake. an ice cream shop. There'd be like a fake door you oh, open sick. and there's a bar going on. Yeah. It, it would be an ice cream shop. It's just like right. there's a fake door behind the cooler yeah, yeah. that looks like a cooler and like it's just like a chill bar or whatever. And so they're called speak. I've honest, swear to God, I've never heard that term before in my life. What, really? Do you know why they're called speakeasies? Or it'd be like, like a terminology that came. Yeah, oh, like everybody's talking the same time. Here. <laughs> okay, one at a time. Speakeasy, speakeasy, boys. <laughs> but no, I think literally that's what it was. Was like speakeasy. You got to like speak about it in hushed tones oh, and everything because hush, hush. it was illegal to have booze in the 1920s. So at a speakeasy. Yeah. About so- I think they're like advertised now. Um, like they're not as like hidden, but they are. Yeah. There's some in Winnipeg like, too. You you go into this place, you don't know what's there, but like if you looked it up online, like you might yeah, find yeah. some information about it. Yeah. I've been to one in Winnipeg. Uh, it's like a, a butcher shop, like counter at the front. And then like you just pass through like a closet door and you, you've got like a, a, a bar. Yeah. But yeah, there's just so many opportunities um for anything but my biggest thing right for me right now is just like some of the restaurants and i mean there's some very high-end chefs um at some of these places and some of them are really hard to get into um like they'll like put out reservations like two weeks in advance and like they'll open them up at midnight and like you basically have to be uh, be prepared to look for them um right there they'll be gone in a hurry um but yeah it's uh 
it's a cool city. I mean, it's it's a city. If I mean, some people don't like that. Some people don't like the city buzz. It's busy. It's there's a lot going on. But um, even for myself, like coming from a small town and like liking that, you know, quiet and farm land and open space. It I do enjoy you know the city at times. Um, once in a while so it's cool to be like that and then obviously living out on the island i kind of get a little bit of both so yeah it's nice okay well i would say uh we kind of we're gonna you mentioned before the show that you were talking about some uh art that you checked out today and we're gonna get into that but and we're gonna tie that into some nfts maybe some bitcoin of course rigo's favorite Although Rigo owns some Bitcoin, so I don't know why he's so against it. But anyway, maybe so. we'll, we'll save that for uh, the next time you score. I'm thinking it'll be soon. So uh, we'll maybe wrap things up. And next time we'll, we'll let you do some homework on NFTs. Do you, do you know, uh, quickly, do you own any Bitcoin? And is, has the NHL reached out to any of the players about um, NFT stuff at all? Um, I do not own any Bitcoin. Um, not that I'm against it. I just haven't found the interest in it yet. And I don't know about the NFT question because we spoke about it a little earlier and I, I kind of understand it, but it's no, no. Has the NHL reached out to you players like about it at all? Not, not that I know, but like maybe some, they have, have. maybe some (laughs) they have, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting. He's got, he's got an NDA, baby. Yeah. True. Non-disclosure agreement. Let's go. Cool. I mean, the NBA has their top shots, which I think uh, um, a lot of the NBA players are actually making pretty good money on. And we talked about it with Phil and the PGA, and that was kind of his main reason that he talked about with the PGA is that they're keeping all their shit. So it'll be interesting to see how, what the NHL and all these uh, sports leagues do with uh, clips and, and just with the ability to turn NFTs into like uh, – I honestly believe that it'll be an addition to like your, your maybe season tickets or your tickets where, you know, a part of the smart contract will be getting to meet some of the Islanders after the game. If you buy this certain NFT, that's a ticket instead of just like your general admission. So looking forward to that part of it. And uh, it's not just art as we, as we talked about before, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more utility, but um, I guess to wrap up here, uh, hopefully we have you on again soon, Rip, because that means that uh, you're putting pucks in the net always. So, or you lost uh, and you got to come and drink a beer. Yeah, hopefully that's not the case. If yeah, if JT shits the bed, <laughs> we'll be back next week. We'll have uh, maybe no. a one-hour conversation about NFTs. You'll have to put a uh, bag with a question mark over, like Mister X, if uh, <laughs> just so so Lou doesn't know he's shotgunning a beer on here. Yeah, but, true, uh, true, true, very true. Well, maybe wait till well, the off season. Mr. X Shotguns Beer on Kingdom Podcast. If Tommy Fleetwood loses again, I'm going to drive to freaking uh, wherever the hell he's from and cut him. Golf anyway. and golf. Probably can't drive, but anyways, let's get the hell out of here. Okay, Rip's Rip. Got, well, uh, thanks. Rip's got a game he's got to get ready for tomorrow. Yeah. Who you got tomorrow, Rip? Columbus tomorrow. And then I think we Patty. got some on uh, Friday. Oh, yeah. Pat is hot right now. Pat is red yeah. hot. Yeah, I'm gonna have I to do a good job against him. When Lionel was with the Jets, and you every game you'd text me about Patty being shitty. So 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for hopping on with us. Uh, we'll look forward to doing it again here soon. Uh, but that's it. Let's get the hell out of here. Peace out, boys. Love you. Later. Hey, boys. Hey, boys. Love you, fellas.